Your question is simply, what's your favourite breakfast? Well, I mean, see, you say, you, you say simply, I mean, it sort of depends, really, because it depends on the situation and the day and the night before and all the rest. And, you know, I do like a big, big American breakfast, actually, particularly, but not every day. I couldn't have done that this morning. I had to be up early. I had stuff to do all day. Um, that's like a Sunday affair. This is a longer answer than you were expecting. Um, I think that ultimately um, I'll probably take a, I mean, my straight down the middle favourite breakfast is a bacon sandwich. There's, I was, I will eternally be disappointed in the fact that my local cafe that just did the best bacon sandwiches ever just closed down, um, which was. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, we've got half an hour. I'm just going to rant about that now, don't we? Um, that does make me sad, though. <laughs> but um, I always find, are you, I was literally just saying to you how, like, talk about all sorts of things above and beyond music, and this really is above and beyond music. If you are hungover, do you like a big breakfast or no? I mean, again, it slightly depends. I mean, there's a general rule, yes, because I think that essentially trying to kind of... Um, uh, sort of balance out or like sort of water down somehow the, the 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 remnants of the alcohol in your system is probably the best idea i'm not going to sit here and say that i haven't had hangovers where eating lots was not really an option uh <laughs> if you see what i mean yeah but uh but generally speaking yes a big a big breakfast will do me nice no i can't i can't do i cannot even look at it the next day um just not for me but oh really um okay yeah, no, cannot. Um, but the um, I'm just gonna go ahead and segue into a totally different realm of conversation because there's there's Fire stuff away. I was kind of having listened to you talk a little bit and obviously listen to music. Um, it it seems that you're quite an advocate for sort of things like mental health and speaking out about um, the kind of issues yeah. that people face. And um, I guess a, a question I was intrigued to ask was obviously a lot of what a lot of songwriters do is they share their kind of problems and their thought processes through the songs. And I get a real sort of storyteller kind of vibe from your music throughout kind of the music that you've done over the years. And um, I guess my question would be, how do you think you would go about dealing with maybe the harder points in life if songwriting weren't an option? And the reason I ask is there are obviously a lot of people, maybe even people that listen to you who might live you know they might do jobs they hate they might not yeah. have those yeah, pursuits. Yeah, sure. and- that that's that's a good question and not the one that i thought you were going to ask and kudos for that um uh in fact i may not have been asked this question before so um 10 out of 10 uh, <laughs> i do a lot of interviews um i mean that's it's a good question uh you know and it it's particularly a good question for me because like i've been trying to write songs and express myself through writing songs since i was a little kid I mean, by which I mean like about sort of 11 years old, 12 years old. I hasten to say that I didn't write a good song for a long time after that. But like it was a sort of, you know, there was a sort of vague joining of the dots between the idea of um, expression and catharsis. You know, the idea that if I could find a way of releasing the te- the pressure of what I was feeling and also sort of sculpting it, in some way and having some agency over how it came out that that would be useful for my own kind of um anxiety mental health however you want to put it so so you know so that that's been a connection in my life for a really long time and and um 
to the point where now it's it's almost uh, clunkily automatic, instinctive. Do you know what I mean? Like if something sort of particularly um, profound happens in my life, there is a part of my brain that will start kind of worrying about thinking about songs in a way that it actually almost sometimes makes me slightly uncomfortable because there is more, that's not necessarily the most appropriate reaction to some events in life. You know what I mean? How's this going to sound over a 12 bar? Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's just like, um, but nevertheless, I mean, it, you know, it has been a huge part of my own um, coming to terms with the world. Um and I understand that not everybody has that. And I mean, you know, you could say something about like create, you can take yourself out of yourself and talk about how creativity more broadly might be what we're talking about here rather than specifically songwriting. You know, there are some people who write prose or write poems or take photographs or, um, uh, you know, paint or whatever it might be. There's lots of other forms of creativity that are all equally as valid. Um, and, uh, so it might be that, but not everybody has that either. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, uh when i have a dear friend who's just like in a way that i just find completely impossible to understand is just completely unmusical like he's tone deaf he doesn't care about music he doesn't speak to him anyway it's just not a feature of his existence and and i'm occasionally just kind of like you're definitely a robot right you're definitely a robot and he's not he's he's just built differently to me and and you know so what does he do on, on that level or whatever I mean, the, the short answer to this, incidentally, is I don't know. <laughs> um, what I would say as well, this is, you see, getting a long answer here, you didn't expect this. Uh, the, the other thing for me is that, like, I had a massive moment of realization in my own life, maybe five years ago, which is that, like, is that music, whilst it is necessary, is not sufficient to my own mental health. And, and that's not just in terms of me writing music, but I do a thing I think a lot of people do who listen to my music and other people's music which is to take to find solace just in other people's creativity. Do you know what I mean? When I'm when I'm struggling, quite often the music of Pedro the Lion or the Week of the Hands or Regina Spector or whatever it might be can speak to me and help me in that way. And and there was definitely a moment, quite a long period of time in my life where it was like, as long as I can either write another song or listen to another John K. Sampson record, then I'm going to be okay. And actually, that's kind of bullshit eventually because there are mental health professionals for the reason that there are some things that you know there are some issues that some people have from time to time that are more powerful than a record collection you know what i mean so like um uh so yeah so i mean i i do sort of understand that like all of this is like it's not necessarily uh the main thing and it's a very personal thing what do people do to to alleviate the pressures to to find empathy to find catharsis listen to records and read books and all that kind of thing but i i don't know there we go there's the sh- that we finally got there i don't know <laughs> that's that's exactly the answer i was looking for yeah. right good excellent <laughs> it took me a minute it took me a minute but we got there. yeah i was just ready to take the box like is he gonna oh he said it here okay. <laughs> <laughs> no the uh i couldn't help but think you know when you're saying about how the the songs kind of are the way of processing that stuff you know you just sort of sat at the dinner table and someone hears you humming like oh frank's on it again like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that that does actually literally happen. Um, I had a thing years ago um, where I was at a... I'm going to say this in a slightly circumspect way because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. I was at a, um, a Christmas, a family Christmas do that I didn't particularly want to be at. Um, it's not a particularly... It's not my immediate family, let's say that. And this is this is a, like 10 years ago or something. And I got this melody in my head and I didn't have an instrument with me. And it was like, um, I was like, 
I have to remember this is really, really strong. And I kept going to the bathroom to just hum it to myself for like two minutes so that I didn't forget it. And there was words with it and everything and all the rest. And I think everyone thought I was on drugs or something because I kept just disappearing into the bathroom and coming back kind of looking a bit sort of shocked. Um, but I was genuinely just trying to remember this. And I, I think this was like pre, pre voice notes on a phone as well. Um, and, uh, and I really, really struggled to remember it through the whole evening. And I did. And it became a song called Polaroid Picture, which has been uh, a successful uh, song for me and a song that I really like. So I'm glad that I did. Um, but that does happen. Best toilet trip. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. My, my next question was going to be, did that make it into a song? So that's that's great. It but, did. Yes. I mean, very much so. Uh, so, yeah. What, worth it for the worth it for the toilet. Yeah. The, um, exactly. the So with the sort of processing all this stuff, do you find, um, I mean, again, this might be quite a difficult, I don't know kind of answer, but um, sorry. <laughs> I'll try and do a shorter version this time. No, no, long, longer, longer is better, really. Um, you, I've really, out of context, that sounds awful. Anyway, um, the, what was I going to say? So the, we, with the kind of mental health balancing, like processing your information and processing your kind of thought thoughts and things, and then the kind of creative side of music, are they mutually exclusive in the sense that, you know, do you think minus any issues, no one lives a perfect life, but minus any sort of issues in life, you would still have musical interests and pursuits? Or do you think one drew you to the other? Or is it this kind of, um, I don't want to say synergistic, <clears throat> that sounds like a very... Yeah, no, I, I, I think I see what you mean. I mean, like, the, there's definitely, yes, I think there. I, I would still be interested in music, even if it had no... Um, didn't speak to my mental health or whatever. And part of that is because music isn't just a thing that I personally reach for when I'm sad. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, I like music when I'm happy and I like music when I want to dance, which is rarely, unless you include moshing, in which case it's often. Um, but you know, I can't dance is my point here. Um, uh, but you know, there, there's a, there's a, there's a joy and a physicality in listening to like, um, hardcore punk. Do you know what I mean? That isn't really doing very much to speak to my, anxiety issues or whatever but it's just a it's just a blast do you know what i mean running around the circle pushing people it's great um uh, you know so uh, and indeed you know like i mean i i'm completely infatuated with kind of uh, high period motown if you want for want of a better expression but like that just sort of classic sort of motown pop music which some of which is very emotive but it's also just some of the best tunes you're ever going to fucking hear ever um and incredible performances and incredible writing and all the rest of it so you know there is there are other parts of my being that sort of like um that that interact with music should we say do you know what i mean um but uh i mean ultimately i suppose i suspect that some of the most powerful moments of music for me are the ones where there is that synergy where the two sort of come together um but like i mean some of the times it's, it's purely sort of technical really do you know what i mean it's like i mean i love listening to like Meshuggah because it's like it's a kind of a maths game for me a lot of that trying to figure out where the fucking one on the bar is and like what fucking time signature we're in and all the rest of it and it's just great and it feels great and i love it um you know and so you know there's there's there there are lots and lots of different ways of appreciating music i love if you go to the mishoko gig and just everyone's head is moving in a different direction you're like oh they're all in time that's amazing yeah well um, i mean it's you know there's i have spent quite a fair chunk of my adult life listening to some concatenation and trying to figure out what the fuck is going on with this kick pedal work but that's because i had loads of friends when i was a kid <laughs> you need to listen to someone i spoke to uh 
couple episodes ago as of the ones that are out so far. A guy called Yogev Gabe, he's a, I think it's how you say him, I hope. Um, he, he's a, a drummer and he loves all these technical songs and he breaks down all the weird and interesting rhythms with like, drawings and, and he taps on like the drum the pictures of the drums to indicate when stuff's happening so you oh, might nice. find some Meshuggah songs that you uh, that you didn't understand that he's fully explained <laughs> and he does it in a really will, creative like almost classroom way and it's really I, it's will, I will check that out and does it sound great you need to check that out yeah um, so like with um, that whole when it comes to regardless of whether you're putting something together that's a happy kind of dancey sort of piece of music or something that is more reflective um How's that process of reflecting on your thoughts kind of changed over the years? Uh, well, I mean, um, I've been a professional songwriter for quite a long time. Um, but, and the reason I mention that is just that it's something I've done a lot of over the years. And that changes the process in lots of ways. I mean, you know, one essentially there's two sides to songwriting. There's the art side and the craft side. And the craft side is is the more mechanical side of it. And it's a thing that you can read books about and practice. And, and it includes knowing things about theory and scales and that kind of thing and, and chord changes and intervals and all that sort of crap. Um, and then, uh, and indeed knowing about arrangement, about the difference. If you really want to get into it, you can get into the difference between Western swing and swing and country and Western and, and country. Do you know what I mean? There you go. There's a, there's a fucking two month topic of discussion right there. Um, and so, or whatever, you know, and, and you can sort of sit, around and talk about the difference between soul and white soul and blue-eyed soul or whatever. Um, and, and you can look at how that would have changed the way that you write and all this sort of thing. Um, the art side of it remains something kind of more ephemeral, more sort of like um, ineluctable. And I think that's good. And I think that's how it should be. Um, I think that if it isn't, then slightly you're into the kind of like, um, there's, I mean, with all due respect, like there's a, what's the name of the main songwriter guy from Take That? Um, I mean, I only know Gary Barlow. Gary Barlow. Gary, yeah, Gary Barlow. Gary Barlow is a great songwriter, but there's something to me slightly sort of mechanical about his songwriting. And I, who fucking cares what I think? He's sold a lot more records than I have. But like, the, do you know what I mean? There's something that feels like it's all craft and no art sometimes to me with his stuff. You know, um, uh, whereas, you know, if you go to stuff like kind of, um, early Pixies records or whatever, it feels like it's all art and very little craft. And that's, that's all good. That has its place as well. Um, but, uh, but so over time, you know, I, I've had a lot more practice at the craft side of it. Can you practice the art side of it? I don't know. But so I've had more practice over time and that changes the way that you deal with songwriting. I'm also at pains not to repeat myself if I can avoid it, which means, you know, you try and avoid certain things that you do automatically. And although, I mean, it's funny because there's a huge thing I think that I have that every songwriter has, which is the sort of the, this sort of dichotomy of this dilemma, I should say, about like, you know, if there's things that you do automatically, is that your signature sound or is that you being lazy or is those two the, the same, you know, flip side of the same coin ultimately, you know, um, should you always try and go against your baser instincts or should you sometimes follow them? Um, and so on and so forth. Um, I think it's funny, like as a writer, like the more that time goes by, um, the, another way of to explain this dichotomy is the old saw about inspiration versus perspiration. And for me, you know, a lot of songwriting, there are these sort of flashes of inspiration moments where you collect your kind of raw material. And then there's a fair amount of time which you spend kind of beating that into shape, trying it in a different key, trying it in a different tempo, whatever it might be, fucking around with tenses and pronouns when you're writing your words or whatever. And like the the first part of that, the flash of inspiration part, is harder to do 
as you get older because you've taken all the low-hanging fruit already. I can't write many more breakup songs, partly because I've written shitloads and partly because I'm married now and I'm hoping that that's not going to be a part of my... Wouldn't go down so well. Yeah, um, but, you know, but but at the same time, I feel like where I sit now, at the moment when I do have a flash of inspiration to write a song about, I then find it easier to turn that into an effective piece of art at the end because I kind of know, you know, how to get involved from that point sort of thing you know um it's funny that we should have this conversation today i literally had exactly this happen this morning i was sort of toying with a i knew that there was some sort of idea that i was sort of chasing and i kind of found my pitch on it you know i found my my rhetorical line into it and then i finished the song in like two hours nice and what do you think is the when i say when i say best i don't mean like the best story as in like the most brilliant but maybe like the uh the most profound or meaningful to you kind of maybe story or moment or thought or something that you're yet to put into a song and that could i mean obviously that can be incredibly personal so you don't have to go yeah yeah sure i mean um well i mean goodness knows uh there i mean in some on some levels the answer to that question is satisfyingly imprecise just in the sense that like i think every time i sit down to write a song i think every time anybody sits down to write a song it starts with feelings do you know what i mean and like uh, it's almost like i just have a feeling that i know that there's going to be a song that's going to make me feel like this or that's going to be about that feeling or whatever and it's very very sort of like non-verbal for a time you know um and every single time you do it you you get some of the way there. I don't th- think anyone ever gets 100% of the way there, ever, actually. I mean, there are some 99%ers out there. Lennon Card wrote a few of them, God damn it. But, like, um, you know, there's always that slight gap between feeling and art, and there sort of always has to be. But, like, you know, what... I mean, what feeling have I, have I yet to capture? All of them might be the answer then. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the, um, I don't know. Like, I'm in the middle of writing a lot of songs at the moment about... Um, disassociation which is a kind of uh mental health thing that i have a lot of issues with in terms of um traumatic disconnect from my various moments in my past um this has got a lot heavier than we thought it was going to get and like it's it's kind of an interesting thing to try and write about because the entire fucking point is that i find it very difficult to identify with quite a lot of what happened to me when i was younger how do you address that in a song like you know, I don't know. That's the thing I'm toying with at the moment. It might be impossible. I guess the first step, as you've kind of said, is really like actually just asking the question, isn't it? Like, like sure. that's the, they say that's kind of the first step to a lot of things, isn't it? It's actually just uh, engaging with it, even if you don't have the slightest clue. A bit, a bit like some of the questions I've asked where it's like, I know the answer <laughs> is I don't know. <laughs> Very good. Sorry, that sounded really insulting. I mean, <laughs> no, it's okay. You know what I meant, hopefully. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of um, like, yeah, I mean, it's like I said, I like to try and um, hopefully, I don't know, hopefully delve into some stuff a bit a bit beyond um, just like, you know, what we what what you've done for yeah, yeah. record of that and the other. This is, this is, yeah, absolutely, 100%. Um, I think it's nice just to be able to hopefully you know, in the same way you talk about some of these things in your songs, hopefully someone can listen to this and maybe, um, you know, um, don't get me wrong, like, as much as I like this to be a platform for that, I like a good a good joke, you know, 
a good dick joke is funny. It's always funny. I you think, know, like I think one of, one of the useful things about a conversation like this, and I hope anybody listening to it would take this away from it, is the sense that like absolutely everybody's winging it all the time. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's like I I I remember sort of reading an interview with Lenny Cohen, who's one of my favorite songwriters. I've now mentioned twice, but towards the end of his life, he was still making records. And someone was like, "Why?" And he sort of went, "Oh, I think I'm I think I'm getting better at it." And it was just like, "Yes, good, excellent," you know. And like, and there's that sort of sense that like everything is improvised to some degree. Life, life is there are there is no dress for, dress rehearsal for life, and life is not a dress rehearsal. It's like it's um, you know there's yeah I've got no fucking idea. My answer to most of your questions was I don't really know, and I think that's great. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'm gl- I'm I'm glad I could just fill you with uh, a complete sense of unknowingness before. I leave <laughs> um, so, okay, one quick one just to finish up before I get your sort of like question for the next guest. Um, what's the moment that you've winged it? The biggest winging it moment you can think of. <laughs> I mean, aside from my entire fucking career, um, <laughs> uh. You know, I oh, that's a good question. I um uh you know okay so I mean I, there was a moment in time uh I was on tour with a band called the Dropkick Murphys who are a fantastic punk rock band and um we were in Europe and um uh there was a family emergency for Al the singer in the band and he had to just go like fuck it I'm out of here I've got to go and go back to the states and take care of family emergency and we were playing in Vienna that night to like 4,000 people show sold out and me and my lot with the support band and their lead singer just left um and they decided that rather than cancel the show that they were going to try and rustle up some replacements and The problem that I had is that, like, I know the Dropkicks music before we talk with them, and you watch a band play every night, you get to know it. But there's a difference between knowing a song as in, like, literally being able to perform it and lead the performance and being able to kind of go, and sort of, like, sing, you know, take a sip when there's a line you don't know. And, you know, you are following rather than leading, shall we say. And um, so Ken said to me, like, how many you know pick some pick four songs that you know off the set list and i was like uh those ones and you know pick four songs and he was like cool you're doing those ones tonight and i was like yeah i know those songs and i was like fuck no i absolutely don't like i mean i do sort of ish but like not so I, and i had like eight hours to deal with this. so i spent eight fucking hours of pair of headphones on lyric sheets kind of desperately trying to learn these and I ran out on stage and it all just evaporated from my short-term memory instantaneously. Um, but thankfully, you know, the people of, uh, of Vienna knew the words very well. And there was an old lead singer trick, which is to just go, you sing it. Um, at the moment when you don't know what the fuck is going on lyrically. And, uh, and there was a very, very sort of, um, crowd friendly rendition of Skinhead on the MTBA. Um, <laughs> with, well, I was holding a microphone. I just wasn't doing very much with it and I was definitely winging it. So there you go. Just as well you're not a drummer, that winging that is not. You, yeah, you know, yeah, that I mean, wouldn't work. Yeah. You play it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I realized actually I have one last, uh, one last thing I wanted to say actually because the, uh, sure. The, I've, I've actually I have seen you a few times I saw you at the download pilot most recently and um, oh, cool. the, uh, the first time I saw you was at the first festival I ever went to which was Reading Festival um, and I remember my friend one of my happiest like festival memories and it's up there in happiest memories of being at that festival and I distinctly remember you doing the wall of hugs and oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, that was one of my first ever festival memories because I think you possibly opened the festival so you might possibly be one of my first ever festival festival for hugs. Um, yeah so did you hug a stranger huh 
Did you hug a stranger? No, but I remember sort of me, me and a few friends were sort of in a huddle and one of my friends was sort of half dancing and he wasn't even on the floor. Like he was sort of just like, you know, like wiggling floating. around, like yeah, yeah, yeah. floating around. So, so yeah. Um, I mean, we played Reading a lot over the years, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you remember that that was your first experience. That's yeah, a nice thing. So anyway, cool. So without stealing all your, your whole evening, um, I need a question to start the next conversation and an artist you would recommend for someone to um, check out? Uh, I mean, I feel like I'm doing your job for you with the first those two, aren't I? Uh, <laughs> um, uh, a question, and it, I mean, hmm, that's a good, I should have done some homework on this, really. <laughs> um, yeah, I sort of feel like if you could, um, if you could delete the music of one band from music history, which band would it be? Great, thanks. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> and then speaking of, the opposite, an artist that you really would like to promote. Yes, a band that I would love to promote into the annals of music history. I could do this all fucking day because I, I do my best to be engaged with new music. Um, I'm also talking to you from my studio right now. Um, and I recently produced a record uh, for a band called The Meffs, M-E-F-F-S, uh, who are from Colchester. They are a two-piece hardcore punk band from Colchester and they're fucking awesome and everyone should check uh broken britain volume one uh their debut release on fat records is out imminently and you should check it out what if the next guest says they want to delete all their music though <laughs> <laughs> well then uh there will be sort of balance in the world yeah it sort of it evens out yeah um and lastly if you want to share any plug anything share anything with the world uh, i have a I, i'm on tour i mean i have a european tour coming up shortly i have a uk tour uh, early 2023 uh and I, it will surprise everyone to learn that there will be more touring after that oh i thought you were done <laughs> <laughs> thanks very much man i will um, my pleasure thank you cheers all the best man look after yourself uh and i'm gonna go to my next interview see you later Take care, man.